0: Welcome to Chapter 2 of HealthSystemCIO.com's interview with Ann Lara, CIO at Union Hospital, Cecil County. In this segment, Lara talks about the secret behind the success of Maryland's HIE, what it's going to take to increase patient engagement, and the innovative work her team is doing with remote monitoring. We've heard a couple of people talk about CRISP. It seems like it's it's maybe one of the more functional <laughs> HIEs out there, and uh, I, I kind of wonder
1: what what do you think is uh is Chris doing right? The staff of Chris do a really good job keeping in touch with the folks that are doing the work on a on a daily basis so they have a clinical advisory um, committee, they have a technology um, advisory committee, and I think they, they really take the information from those committee members very, very seriously. Um, and they're always looking for ways to um, improve or provide value-added services to, to, their, to their customers, you know, to the hospitals, to the provider base, et cetera. So. You know, the first thing is, you know, looking at get, getting the information about patients. So they did that. They accomplished that. Um, they have a, an event um, notification service so that providers that subscribe to that or, or even like case managers that prescribe to, to that, if a patient associated with them is admitted to any of the hospitals within, you know, the state of Maryland, that they get an event notification that, hey, your patient was admitted, so you may want to know that. They've also worked with a number of the hospitals, including us, in terms of helping hospitals kind of meet their transition of care via the CCD um, requirement for meaningful use perspective. So they've set up their own direct, account, um, direct trust accounts and things like that. So they've done that. The other thing that they're doing is um, they're working closely with other pieces and parts of the state government. So, for example, um, the organization that's responsible for kind of regulating um, health care and healthcare services in the state of Maryland, HSCRC, they're, they're becoming a, um, a source of reports, if you will, for that particular organization and subsequently for the rest of the hospitals in the state of Maryland. So if I want to take a look at um, my readmissions um, throughout the state of Maryland, I could probably get that information from CRISP. So, so again, they're doing a lot of really good things um, from a state of Maryland perspective, supplying, you know, meaningful data. Um, If you think about that, you know, they have a rich source of data, so supplying lots and lots of data for organizations um, within the state to kind of make some decisions about patient care. Um, You know, we're going to all be charged with this this thing that I I still can't get my hands around in terms of population health, what does that mean? Um, Mm -hmm. But, again, population health, you know, one of the things we know that we need with population health, we need to have data that tells us about what's happening with our patients. So, right. again, Chris is doing a really good job making that data available, but at the same time understanding the, the need for governance in terms and the need for patient confidentiality and security. So they're kind of building all of that into the framework and the services that they provide. Right. So I think, so again, back to the secret, I think that, you know, they listen. Uh, I think you know, and they listen to the folks that um, are actually doing the work on a daily basis, and they're getting their requirements from those from those individuals, and, and kind of prioritizing um, what they work on next based upon that feedback. And again, I think they've been very, very successful. They're a great, good group of people to work with.
0: Yeah, yeah, that, that's what it certainly sounds like. Okay, so let's. Uh, as far as some of the other things that are that are on your plate, um, where do you stand with the ICD-10? <laughs>
1: That's a great question. So, you know, one one of the things I'm responsible for is not only the health information services, but health information management, which back in the day was medical records. So, um, ICD-10, I can I can say very very proudly that our organization, from our coding staff, is ready for ICD-10, and that's that's due in part to the great leadership that um, we have in our HIM department. You know, our HIM director was was very disappointed that the ICD-10 um, implementation was delayed because they were ready. Um, so we have that going on. We're, she's been spending a lot of time making sure that her staff is educated, but she's also spending a lot of time making sure that the providers are educated in terms of you know, how, how ICD-10 may or may not impact them. The other thing that we've actually, um, we're gonna be implementing this summer is something called computer-assisted coding. Um, it 's a product I mean, there 's a number of companies that are out there that have it. We, we decided to purchase 3m um, computer assisted coding and what this program does it actually it helps the coders it, it kind of gathers in because right now the, the coding workflow is that you know the coders have to to of go through lots of documentation now in the electronic world to to identify the right code um, for a particular patient when he or she was discharged from the hospital. So it's it can be like you know very labor intensive to make that happen. Um, but now with computer assisted coding, the whole notion behind that is is that the the computer itself. Aids the coder in kind of serving up the documentation that might be needed for them to, to code a particular chart or a particular episode of care, but also to, if we, you know, in the event of audits, we all get audited. That information is readily available to the auditor so the auditor can see that these, this is the documentation that the coder used to make this selection about this particular. ICD-10 code. So we're really excited um, about starting this implementation. Um, our hope is that we'll be live by the end of August with this with the computer-assisted coding. Again, um, well in advance of the ICD-10 um, deadline. So we'll have a chance to kind of practice and use it before ICD-10 kicks in. So we're really, again, really excited about making that happen.
0: Yeah, definitely. And uh, I, I would think that that as part of that, there's uh, you know has to be a pretty significant focus on. Um, uh, education, just as far as all, all the you know all, all the coders and everyone who uses uses
1: the system. Yep, exactly. And again, that's that's uh, that's the, the big project that we have going on this summer. Yeah. Okay. You, you mentioned um, briefly
0: before about uh, patient portal. Um, is mm-hmm. that something that you have at this point?
1: We do. We actually have a patient portal, and it, it's the Meditech patient portal. Um, and. We, it, it, it's a great portal. Um, information is there for the patients to look at it, any services that they have done at, um, at Union Hospital they can have done. Our release of information folks, um, again, under the HIM umbrella, are the folks that actually control um, the access and make sure that all the, um, the, the right security checks are in in terms of who gets access to the, the portal. They're the staff that actually goes out and goes on the units and, says, and tells the patients about the portal and gets patients to sign up. For for the portal, so um, that, that's been really a, a good adventure for us. Um, interesting enough, and I I, don't, I know that we're not alone in this. Um, one one would have thought when you when you talk about patient portal, well, patients are going to love that. They can't wait to get in to get their information. That's not not, not been the case. Um, not here and talking to to colleagues throughout the country, meeting that five percent of all discharge patients actually you know going in and viewing downloading or transmitting their, um, their information has been a challenge to get that 5%. Um, yeah. You wouldn't think so. It sounds like a small number, um, but I really think that from a cultural perspective, we still need to change the, the culture a bit to, and to make patients um, and the community and consumers understand that, you know, they're responsible for their own health and wellness, and part of being responsible is having the information about themselves and one place to get that information is in the patient portal. So I think we, we still have a ways to go with that, um, but the tool is there. Um, I think the challenge is is that there's multiple patient portals, right, depending upon what EMR. So I may have my, um, my ambulatory practices use um, Allscripts um, as their EMR. So there's an Allscripts patient portal to get pieces of information from. Then I have the Meditech patient portal to get pieces of information from. If a patient were to go to, you know, one of the hospitals down the road, there would be another patient portal. So it's still a bit fragmented from a patient perspective. So a patient conceivably may have to, you know, sign into multiple portals to get the full picture of what's going on with them. So we have a lot of work in that area. Um, to make it easier and better for the patient, um, but I think the you know the tool is there. We just have to think a little bit broader in terms of how do we make it more usable for the patient.
0: Right. Yeah, and and uh, it's definitely what what we've been seeing is that there there are so many challenges with that, and that it's one of those things that sounds great in theory, but uh, mm-hmm. you know when you're talking about patients who have a one-time visit to a hospital or. or uh, are not chronic care patients. It, it's definitely a challenge, but uh, right. one that's that's the focus of a lot of people right now.
1: Right, and and it's a start, right? I mean, we're trying mm-hmm. to change the culture, and we're trying to make the patient or the consumer. Let me put that the the consumer, kind of the the, the captain or the captain of his or her ship, right? And that, and that's right. a different mindset, right? Because traditionally, it's always been the physician. Um, and why is it been the physician? Well, the physician has the knowledge and the experience and access to information. So we, we're kind of changing things a bit. We're giving the patient access to information. We're trying to educate the consumer in terms of all things health and wellness. Um, but, again, that's going to take a while. But, but, again, the tools are there. We just have to figure out how to, how to, again, change the culture with the tools that we have and make the tools even better.
0: Right. And now one other piece of that, that patient engagement picture is where you talk about uh you know that that remote monitoring and that's that's mm-hmm. something that I know that uh for a lot of people it's kind of in the early stages or the planning stages but um what are you what are your thoughts around that or are you looking at that anytime soon
1: Kate, that's a great another great question and and one that i am really happy to share with you so <clears throat> um from from an h i s or an i t world um and and again i I own the technology if you will <clears throat> or have a say in terms of technology um I have a cl- clinical background as a nurse, but I don't necessarily own the patient population. So in order to make telehealth or remote patient monitoring successful, um, it has to be a clinical kind of IT partnership. And at Union Hospital, I'm, I'm happy to say that that partnership exists with the, um, the care management um, department here at Union Hospital. So the HIS department has partnered with <coughs> case managers to identify patients who may be at higher risk for readmissions or patients, you know, and those patients are, again, the usual suspects so patients with chronic conditions like CHF, COPD, diabetes, et cetera. So are there opportunities once the patient leaves the hospital to monitor those patients, um, give them feedback in terms of how they're doing, again, give them the tools where they can self-manage so they're not going to end up in your ED or admitted to your hospital. So, um, Union Hospital actually has worked with AT&T for the kind of the data plan and, and, and the technology to support remote patient monitoring and um, Vivify, which is uh, an, uh, a company that actually has the tools. We purchased 10, what we, they call kits, and in those kits, there's a blood pressure cuff, there's a pulse oximeter, there's a, there's a scale, um, and then there's a, a, a tablet. Um, or kind of a tablet that can be used for the patient to enter information, answer questions. And all, it's all Bluetooth-enabled technology. And what happens is the case managers identify a particular patient that may be um, a good candidate for remote patient monitoring. Um, they provide the patient um, with the kit, with the education surrounding how to use the kit. And then the case managers um, monitor the patients on a daily basis. There's a, there's a patient care um, Portal that the case managers have access to, and they're able to see on a daily basis um, any, any aberrations in the physiological monitoring of the patient. Is the patient's blood pressure 190 over 90? And, well, why, why is that? Has the patient's weight changed from one day to the next, and why is that? Um, the patients also, from a qualitative perspective, answer questions in terms of how they're feeling, um, and then the, the case managers can look at the responses and then the, pick up the phone um, and call the patient and say, "Hey, I saw that you know your you, you, um, your weight increased from yesterday. You know, tell me about what happened. You know, what's going to your your legs look swollen." Um, and they also can tailor some education to the patients, whether that education be in the form of videos or things to read. Um, and there's also, um, and we didn't purchase this this piece yet, but there's also the possibility of, of teleconferencing with the patient. Um, rather than just having the case managers pick up the phone, they could also use the technology to kind of have like a, a face-to-face chat with the patient. So we're going, we're, you know, we're, on, I wouldn't say piloting, but we're using this technology. Um, we just initiated probably about six weeks ago Um, We currently have about four patients that are enrolled in the program so far, Um, so it's kind of a proof of concept for us in terms of is is this another tool that we can have in our our toolbox to kind of help patients understand the importance of self-management of their disease. Um, and also a way for um, the staff at Union Hospital to kind of interact and interface with the patients on a, on a regular basis with an objective of, you know, keeping them, keeping them healthier um, and, and keeping them, you know, from having to, to make an ED visit. Or, so, so we're trying to intervene as early as we possibly can. So we're really excited about that. Thank you for listening to this podcast from
0: HealthSystemCIO.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.